0: Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real world value. What would you do if you wanted to share your favorite NFT on Twitter and when you open up your wallet to screenshot it, it was gone? Not really the NFT, but the image. There was nothing there in your wallet. What would you do? Well, believe it or not, that happened earlier this week. Actually, it happens quite often, more than people would even love to admit. Today, we're going to dive into exactly why that could happen and what the NFT community can do to prevent that from happening in the future. I know that got some of your attentions, but however, I want to let you know there is good news and there is bad news. The good news is, although the image was not there for a lot of people, it was only temporary, but the NFT was still there. You might be wondering, well, how is that even possible? I thought when you buy an NFT, you own it, it is yours forever. Yes, that is true. The token, all the data, the metadata that is stored on the blockchain and everything, it is attached to that wallet and it belongs to the person who owns it. However, the question is, where is that image stored, the data for the image, the actual photo, the quote unquote JPEG that's infamously saying that people are spending money on JPEGs? Where is that image stored? That is where the question is. And let's just reverse back up a little bit. Have you ever tried to log into a website, I I don't know, something that you always go to on a regular basis and it's just down, you can't figure out why, and then you say, okay, well maybe I'll just go check another website, they're having an issue. And then you notice, well, that website is down too. Hmm. you scratch your head, you want to know if it's your internet router, whatever it is, maybe reset, you do a couple of refreshes, you do your speed test and what have you, and you're realizing, well, everything is great on your side, So how come the two sites that you just visited are down? And what happens? You go to a third site and strange enough, that one is down too. How is that possible? Now you're probably just freaking out. You're just uh, trying to figure out, you're trying to go to uh, YouTube and uh, Twitter or wherever else to try to figure out like, well, who else is up? You might be texting a friend and finally you see a couple sites that are up and then you say, okay, well, why are these three major sites that I first went to down? In order to understand that problem, it's actually in the hosting. I don't know if you know this, but the majority of websites are hosted by just a handful of companies. In particular, AWS or Amazon Web Services is by far the largest host on the internet. And just to name a few companies that are in AWS, you have uh, Netflix, you have Twitch, Facebook, BBC, ESPN. These are just massive companies, and they're all running their data. By far, Netflix is the number one user of AWS service. Like the of data, just imagine all those streaming movies and everything. If Amazon goes that down, Netflix goes down. It's very unlikely that every single one of their servers goes down. However, Netflix is heavily dependent on Amazon. Without Amazon, there is no Netflix streaming. Over 32% of all the websites on the internet are hosted with AWS. And in fact, that was Amazon's most profitable division of their company. And before the pandemic and the surges of all the sales and the whole world just basically depending on e-commerce and what have you, AWS was by far generating all of the profit for Amazon. We like to think of Amazon as an e-commerce company that's shipping our toilet papers and getting us our electronics and our gadgets and what have you. But generally speaking, that e-commerce division with all the products, with the physical shipping and all that stuff, was not profitable for Amazon for the most part. So much so that AWS was generating all of their profits and funding all their growth for years. And shareholders and what have you, they wanted them to actually split up the company. But this is not a finance uh, show, and I'm not going to go all into all the details of that. But I just wanted to say Amazon is a massive player on the internet and it's not just for what they're selling. So them being the market leader, Microsoft comes in at second place with 20% market share. Google has 9% market share and the top eight hosts actually host 79% of all of the internet, right? So we're talking about all of the files, whether it be videos, images, static web pages, blogs, you name it, eight sites, controls, 79% of the internet. So when one of these companies goes down, their servers have issues. That is why a lot of websites tend to go down at the same time. And I know it's frustrating so many times that all of this stuff is connected and dependent on one another, but these big players actually affect everything. There is a saying that says... The tide raises all ships. Well, in this case, the tide brings down all of the ships. And when I say ships, I'm talking about the websites and all the data that they store. So earlier this week, a lot of people were reporting that their NFTs, like the images, just things were just going wrong for a period of time. Normally, these outages, these uh, down systems don't last a long time. It's not life and death when you're just trying to look at your NFT. However, it is very frustrating. You could be in a panic mode. You might be thinking you got hacked. All sorts of things could be happening. It could be very frustrating frustrating but normally when these things happen it's just an inconvenience for whatever website that we're trying to go to maybe we're trying to watch a cat video on youtube whatever it is and it's just not loading or it's sluggish or just whatever and normally within a few minutes everything is resolved however when you spent uh possibly a fortune on an nft or many people the majority of their net worth is tied up in these nfts because they weren't people that were you know whales in the space per se but they got in early on a board eight yacht club or something and the value shot up so believe it or not the nft is probably the majority of their net worth now this is where the the whole web 3.0 is colliding with web 2.0 because a lot of the infrastructure everything that the internet was built on these massive players that i mentioned before is the ones the gatekeepers that are controlling all the stuff the data the information the algorithms all the stuff is running through just a handful of companies however there is a solution. And one of the solutions that are out right now is called the Interplanetary File System, or short, IPFS. Now, this is an ingenious system in which it is just a decent, as decentralized as these nodes with Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. What we're going to do with our files is scatter them across all sorts of computers all around the world. You're not dependent on these massive players that have their huge servers and what have you. What IPFS does, it is very ingenious. It actually it breaks up these files into very small. I believe it's 256 kilobytes, which is uh, really the size of just you know a very large Word document. Because in MP3, we're talking about up to a 1,000 times that, right? So you might be wondering, well, how in the world can you have these images and you have these videos and what have you in NFTs and if it's going to be uh, saved on this IPFS system? They do, I'm just going to simplify it without going into all the technical details. If you really wanna see it broken down, I'm going to leave a link to a YouTube video that really explains all of this, but they break up the file in very little pieces and they scatter it across the internet on multiple computers. It could be on your laptop. It could be on someone's server. It could be on just really any hard drive anywhere that's connected to the internet, connected to the system. It's going to scatter it into little pieces and fragment it all across the internet. So when someone actually goes to load their web page, it's going to gather all these pieces and piece it together as long as one person at least, or one computer at least, has a part of that file, it'll be able to connect and load and piece it together like a giant puzzle, and it loads up very quickly on on the uh, receiver side. The traditional way in Web 2.0, how this technically happens, is... When someone goes to their browser, whether it is on their computer or their phone or wherever it is, it sends out a signal to the servers in short, in simplifying this, it's going to go to Amazon or whoever has it. And then that company, that host, is going to bounce back the signal with the image or whatever data it is that they're trying to load. That's just a short, quick easy way of uh, explaining this. But in this new IPFS, in this new decentralized manner, just as with uh, how crypto works and everything and scattered across a network, what it's going to do is just piecemeal everything and get it back together. So in theory, if lots of people go down, lots of these computers go down, there's going to be a copy out there somewhere and it's going to piece it together. And that's probably a lot to just really wrap your head around and get things uh, in. But how I first found out about this uh, IPFS interplanetary file system is actually from uh, WAX. WAX hosts when you you go in, you log into the control panel, and uh, if you're creating an NFT from there, it's going to not really tell you that it's uh, through IPFS and all that. But anytime you upload those files uh, to it and you're creating your NFT within the um, Atomic Hub on WAX, all those images are actually going up to IPFS. Now, they have a an easy user interface from uh, such as companies such as Pinata Cloud, which allows you to set up your own. You can put your videos. You can have additional images in it because if you just go through uh, the WAX control panel, you can just put up one image and what have you. But when you actually have your own account, you can uh, just put the the URL, if you will. It's technically not a URL, but the, the link to uh, where it is in this IPFS world And it it will load in the multiple images for the NFTs. Now, the benefit for this, I know this sounds probably a little bit complicated, but I highly recommend if this is something that sounds interesting to you. Um, to know either if you're in the process of uh, creating your own NFTs or you just want to know how your NFTs are hosted, this uh, video really just explains a lot. Because right now, a lot of people are still relying on the old system, but people, especially in the WAC ecosystem, everyone really over on WAX knows about this. And uh, those NFTs are not on AWS or any of the old guard for the most part. I, you know, I can't guarantee for every single project, but since by default uh, in the control panel, the first first image that you load up is with IPFS, well, then, you know, the the general consensus over on the Wax uh, blockchain, people that are minting over there, know not to host your images with Amazon or any of those. You just put the image up in uh, the Pinata Cloud uh, account, what have you, and it just really just handles the technical stuff behind the scenes um, for you. So that way it just does all the uh, stuff that really uh, the average person doesn't even need to know about. And I'm not going to even go deeper into that but believe it or not this is actually not something new if you remember back in the day like the early 2000s uh with peer-to-peer file sharing that's when uh, all the record companies were going after um teenagers and grandmas and what have you and hauling them out for um stealing mp3s well that's technically how that system worked it was um let's say um i had a song on my computer and i just logged onto the network and it allowed my friend to download it or someone else um had it they could be all over the world, but as long as I was online with my MP3 player and I was connected to it, whether it was Napster, LimeWire, or Kazaa, or any of those uh, sites, Morpheus, there were so many of them, and so the whole peer-to-peer file sharing system is not anything new. However, in this decentralized manner of running this whole Web 3.0, it's basically, it resurrected and it is the way of the future, if you will. So, you know, old things have become new. The way uh, this uh, is, because if you remember, especially back in the day, when someone logged offline while you're downloading a song or you're downloading whatever it is, you might not get that file. But the way this is... Uh, how they prevent this from happening is they are not only scattering this across so many uh, different computers, but they're even coming up with this system called a, a file coin, which is going to be a blockchain that's going to incentivize people to uh, basically rent out their free storage on their devices in order to store these files all over the system. So. I'm not going to go into that. You can do your research on that. But IPFS and the people that are putting that together, they're trying to come out with something called Filecoin. And that's going to be a whole blockchain incentivizing people to keep, uh, you know, their systems running with just, you know, just using up their free space to be able to uh, keep files at all time accessible. So it is very cool. And just one other way that we are really going to decentralized model, not handling uh, having these gatekeepers handle everything relying on them solely for or, you know just be the, the, the basic infrastructure of everything that we do and we take it for granted but so many things that we do on a day-to-day basis really goes through a handful of companies so going forward, as you're purchasing NFTs and what have you, you know, uh, if you're curious, you might want to ask the developers or you might want to, uh, get a feel for exactly where these files are hosted because God forbid someone is hosting them on, I don't know, their own personal server in a house. I don't know who would be doing that, but it is possible that their server, their electricity goes out and everything just falls apart and, or, and the images for all of those NFTs could go offline in theory. Again, I don't know who would be doing that, but it is possible. But in reality, you still do own that NFT. The token will still be on the blockchain. All the information, the metadata and everything will be attached to the wallet and everything. However, just the image itself, and th- that would be frustrating because really that is the main part of the NFT as far as the visual side that we're actually uh, caring about and we're actually showing off and we're looking at because without that, it's just a bunch of code that the computer knows that it and authenticates and all that stuff. So, I mean, nobody's really showing off some code. I shouldn't say no nobody, but you know, the general public or the general NFT community, they're not interested in seeing that stuff. So hopefully you found this interesting and helpful. If for some reason that you do log in and your image is a little haywire, it's not there for a second or whatever. And you're trying to figure out what happened. Well, that could be the case. And if that doesn't happen, well, maybe you try to log on to a couple websites and they're down and you're just trying to figure out why that is. And maybe this episode will save you a headache. So as usual, I am excited to be on this journey with you guys and I will see you in the next one. Later. The Nifty Business Arrow is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.